0: If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at a couple of verses in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Before we do, I just want to kind of recap where we're up to at the moment. Today, I'm going to be talking about being children of light and what does it mean to be a child of God, but a child of light. But so far for the past month, we've been looking at community. Who here has enjoyed the community series I definitely have. I've taken a lot out of it. Um, There's been some really, really great stuff. We've been looking at discipling. We've been looking at community. We've looked at honor. We've looked at how do we do relationship when we may agree or disagree with people. We've looked at a whole bunch of really awesome stuff. And today... It's obviously the first Sunday of the new month, so if we were following our calendar, we would be moving on to the next thing, but we felt like today to take a brief pause, and so I'm going to be talking about something that's tied to the last couple of weeks in terms of discipleship, but it's going to be coming at it from a slightly different lens. Throughout this whole year, we've been looking at the spiritual disciplines, right? We've been looking at the ways of Jesus. The phrase that we've been throwing around this year a lot is, as a church... As a family, we are practicing the ways of Jesus. Now, the ways of Jesus have a lot of different terms and names. You know, they're called disciplines. They're called spiritual disciplines. They're called spiritual formation. Sometimes they're just plainly called practices. There are so many different ways to call the ways of Jesus and, and what they were. But we've been calling them practicing the ways of Jesus. There's this man, his name's Dallas Willard. He's a great theologian, a great man. He's written a lot of books. I would recommend, if, you, if you're keen to read some books and experience conviction, read some of his stuff because he's fantastic. Uh, but I'm going to read a little excerpt from one of his pieces of writing. Spiritual formation or practicing the ways of Jesus could and should be the process by which those who are Jesus' apprentices and disciples which is us come easily to doing all things whatsoever I have commanded you to do. And we read that again because it's a little bit hard to follow but it says spiritual formation or practicing the ways of Jesus should be the process by which those of us who are apprentices and disciples to Jesus come easily to doing all things whatsoever I have commanded you to do. Dallas Willard has this saying and it's, it's what he calls the great omission from the great commission and it's the fact that Christians generally don't have a plan for teaching people to do everything that Jesus commanded. We don't as a rule even have a plan
1: for learning this ourselves and perhaps we assume it might be a little bit impossible. And that explains a
0: huge gap that we experience today between being a Christian and being a
1: disciple. We have a form of religion that has accepted non-obedience
0: to Jesus Christ. So there's a gap today between being a Christian and being a disciple and we have a form of religion that's accepted non-obedience to Christ because we have omitted certain things from the Great Commission and we don't intentionally practice the ways of Jesus for ourselves, but we also don't teach the ways of Jesus to those that are around us. So obviously, over the last two weeks, we've been looking at discipleship. Matt and Sam have both preached fantastic messages. I would encourage you, if you haven't listened, listen to them. But before we are able to disciple others, we ourselves first need to be disciples. And rules and regulations, although they're amazing, rules and regulations don't make us disciples. Our ability to imitate Christ makes us disciples. Our ability to imitate Christ makes us an apprentice of Christ. You know, when I was a building apprentice, the way that I learned to be a carpenter wasn't by just following the rules and regulations that were in my book. I did that, but that didn't make me a carpenter because I still didn't have the skills. I had a fully qualified carpenter who throughout the day would teach me and be like, hey, I'm going to go get you to do this now. And you need to do it this way, follow these steps and do this over and over and over again. My ability to be a carpenter was based on how I imitated my boss, so imitation is really important when it comes to discipleship. Imitation is really, really important when it comes to not just being a Christian, but being to a disciple of Jesus. And if we want to practice the ways of Jesus, we need to first know what those ways are, but we also need to be able to imitate his ways. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, So I tell you this, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. It says, So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. He goes on to say in chapter five, verse one, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love. What are we imitating? We are imitating just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It goes on further down in chapter 5 in verse 8, it says, For you were once full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as a person of light. For you were once full of darkness, but you now have the light from the Lord. So live as a person of light. This is such an amazing portion of scripture. And I've taken three key verses from it. Read these two chapters together. They are absolutely integral when it comes to imitating Christ and living as a disciple. But these three verses have highlighted them because I believe they carry the keys for us to imitate Christ. And to be, as I said, a child of light, a person of light in the dark world. So first, Paul tells us that we need to, he insists, he doesn't just tell us, he insists that we must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. And then he communicates that we need to be imitators of God. And what does that look like? It looks like just as Christ loved us and gave himself up, we too are to live a life of love, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then he goes on to remind us and says that we were once full of darkness but now we have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. And I want to ask you a question this morning. It's a question for contemplation. It's a question that you may be able to talk about in your breakout groups after I finish. But the question is this, how bright is your light? How bright is your light? How bright are you shining for Jesus? The New Testament actually talks a lot about being people of light. In John twelve thirty six, it says, Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5, You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness anymore. In Philippians 2:15, it says, so that you may become blameless and pure, a child of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation and then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. In Matthew 5 verse 13 to 16, really well known from the Sermon on the Mount, you are the salt of the earth but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the same house. And in this very same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." In John 8, 12, it says, when Jesus spoke to the people again, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession That so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into
1: his wonderful light. Over and over and over again, we are told to be people of light.
0: We are told to be people that reflect the light of God, that reflect the light of Christ into this dark world. How
1: bright is your light? How bright is your light shining? What does it look like for us to live out light? Really,
0: practically, what does it look like? There are two really key passages that I'm going to read out. In Matthew 28 16 to 20, everyone knows this. This It's a great commission. This is how we live out light. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to obey everything that i have commanded you and surely i'm with you always to the very end of the age in mark 16 i'm going to read this version of the great commission as well it says go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned." And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt
1: them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. That's a commission for us for people that are disciples of Jesus,
0: to be people of light that live out the Great Commission, that go out into all the world, that preach the gospel, that pray for the sick, cast out demons, that we would drink the deadly poison of the world and it will not hurt us. That's how we are to live out our light. It sounds really simple in principle, but it's often a lot more harder to live out, isn't it? I mean, we, we read these words and we read this Great Commission and I personally get really inspired when I read these words and I think, yes, I need to go into all the world to preach the gospel, Ah, uh, but wait, I can't go into all the world right now because we're in lockdown. Uh, well, then how am I meant to do that? What does it look like for me to go into the world and to be light when I can't literally live out the Great Commission? Maybe it's even tough now to lay hands on people when they're sick and see them get well because, you know, we've got to socially distance. There's a little stick thing here with a hand on the end of it. And I was thinking this would be really handy. Um, Can you pass it to me, Rachel? I'll show it for everyone that they can see. I thought this is fantastic. This is how I can pray for people now because this is about, I don't know, 600 mil long. And so with me extending my arm out and like that, I can now... COVID safely pray for people. But you know, it's difficult to live out the Great Commission when it doesn't literally translate to our circumstances, you know? And so let's talk about how can we live it out? How can we be people of light when we can't literally live out the Great Commission? If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 19, this is Paul. He is in Ephesus at this point in time. And he has just he's come from Corinth, where he's been with Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos, and now he's in Ephesus. And so we'll pick it up in verse one in chapter nineteen. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked them, so what baptism did you receive? And they replied, John's baptism. Paul said to them, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And there are about 12 men in all. So here we have Paul. He's traveled from Corinth where he's been ministering with Apollos and Aquila and Priscilla. He's now come to Ephesus he's met these disciples. Now, some commentaries and and some theologians believe that these 12 disciples would have been the disciples, potentially the disciples of John the Baptist in Ephesus. And they've received the baptism of John, but they haven't received the baptism of Jesus Christ. They haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Paul asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Why did Paul ask this question to these 12 men? Why did he ask the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He probably asked the question because there was probably a clear lack of power, conviction and assurance that Paul could easily perceive as he spent time talking with these men in Ephesus. They were probably really amazing religious men Men who knew the ways of John the Baptist, who had been baptized, who practiced religion. They claimed to believe the information that they had heard about Christ and they were really eager to be part of it.
1: There wasn't any resistance in in this encounter that we can see from what's written in these words. But something was missing.
2: Paul recognized that something was missing.
0: He recognized that there was a lack of power. There was a lack of conviction. There was a lack of assurance.
1: There was a lack of the presence of God. And so if we're to be a people with bright lights, if we're to be a people that shine brightly, we need to be a people that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be a people that have received the
0: baptism of the Holy Spirit, that are full of the Holy Spirit and that are living in the presence of God and living out the Holy Spirit's power and presence in every circumstance that we're in. And so if you're thinking about the question, how bright is your light? And if your light is potentially a little bit dull at the moment, if it's a little bit dim, then I have a question that I want to ask you.
1: And that is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed?
2: Because if we've received the Holy Spirit when we first believed,
0: if we have the Holy Spirit, He hasn't left us. We have Emmanuel, God is with us, right? God doesn't leave us. But if your
1: light's dull at the moment, Why is it dull? Maybe because it's of constant
0: complaint. Maybe we get easily irritated and constantly gripe about everything that's in our lives. If you feel like that's potentially you this morning, then the question is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Maybe it's worry or constant fretting about circumstances or potentially what's going to happen in the future, the unknown. Maybe it's worry that's dimming your light. Maybe it's worry that's causing you to not be a
1: person of peace in every circumstance that you're in. A question for you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?
0: Maybe you can't get enough, maybe there's no amount of money, there's no possession, there's no good thing of this earth that can truly satisfy you and you're just craving more and more and more. You can never get enough. Maybe that the, the pursuit of worldly happiness is causing you
1: to be dull. My question is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The key to being a bright light on this earth and
0: shining in darkness is not following a set of rules and regulations. It's imitating Christ. We've established that. What does it look like for us to imitate Christ? It looks like us being a fragrant offering and a sacrifice unto the Lord.
1: It looks like us shining brightly. It looks like us being filled with the Spirit and not forgetting that. To be imitators of Christ, we can't look like the world. We can't blend in with the darkness. We can't
0: blend in with the murkiness. We have to be such a stark contrast. If you look at Jesus and how he lived when he was on this earth, my Lord, did he look different? It doesn't take long, I guarantee you you can open up any one of the Gospels and you'll get a couple of chapters in and you'll realize how different Jesus was compared to everyone at that point in time. He was different from the Pharisees, he was different from the Sadducees, he was different from the disciples, he was different from the regular Joe Blow on the street, he was different from his dad the carpenter, he was different from the rabbis, he was different. Everywhere he went, his light shone so bright, it could never be dimmed. And his commission was to us was that he has been given all authority on, under the heavens and on the earth, and he gives it to us to go
1: out and to imitate him, to go out and to be that light too. Charles Spurgeon has this quote.
0: If we have believed in Christ correctly, then the Holy Spirit has come upon us to transform us all together. And by his divine grace, we are not now what we used to be. We have new thoughts, new wishes, new aspirations, new sorrows, and new joys. And these are created in us by the Spirit. The old is gone and the new has come. And so the worry that we may experience, the anxiety that we may have, the desire for earthly things that we may possess, whatever it could be, whatever it may be that the world is having an influence on that is dimming your light. That is not what Jesus has for us. That is not what the Spirit has for us. The Spirit's promise is for something that is new. The Spirit's promise is something that is different to what is in the world it is not the same your light shouldn't be dimmed because of the world your light should be shining brighter because of the darkness that surrounds you and so in each and every circumstance that we are in as disciples not Christians as disciples of Jesus every circumstance that we should find ourselves in the room should be real 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 bright Not because of rules, not because of regulations, but because of the fact that we are called to imitate Christ in every circumstance that we find ourselves in.
1: Paul's question to these men in Acts 19 is really, really confrontational.
2: But it's for the sake of love. It's for the sake of
0: these gentlemen knowing the Holy Spirit and living as people of light at that time and in their circumstances and in their lives. Paul writes in Romans 8, 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, then they don't belong to Christ. When we receive the Spirit, we are adopted into the family of God and we have an opportunity to cry out to Him, Abba, Father. The Spirit creates belonging in us. The Spirit leads us to discipleship not to a form of religion that has a lack
1: of obedience and a simplicity and just rocking up to church on a Sunday morning.
2: The Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation.
1: The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of our salvation. The power of the Holy Spirit is
0: inside of us and it assures us of the victory that we have received through Christ
1: giving the greatest sacrifice by dying on the cross. So, how bright is your light? How bright are you shining? in your life right now?
0: Can the people around you, can your family, your friends, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, your workmates, do they recognize the
1: spirit of God at work in your life? Stop and just think about it for a second. Do the people around you recognize God's spirit because of how bright you are shining in the circumstances you're in? When the Holy Spirit is in us, God speaks through us. God serves through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. God will prophesy. God will lead us. God will extend his hand to heal. Every person who has received the Holy Spirit is gifted to accomplish that which is before them. Do we see his light shining brightly in our lives? Do the people around us see it? If not, and if it's a bit dull, then the question is, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? Because if the answer to that question is yes, then there is no reason why your light should be Dull. The Holy Spirit isn't causing you to be dull in the circumstances that
2: you're in. We're called to live out the Great Commission.
0: You know, in Mark 16, it doesn't say, and these signs will follow these, you know, when they show up to church and they go to activate group on a Thursday night or a Friday night and they live a happy life and they have a ticket to heaven. It would be pretty comfortable if the Great Commission said that, wouldn't it? We'd have a pretty comfortable life. If it said that, you know, the signs that you can tell they're a follower of Christ because they show up to church on a Sunday, they show up to activate on a Thursday night, You know, they've got their ticket to heaven in the back pocket. They can pull it out and be like, yep,
2: I'm a follower of Jesus. It doesn't say that.
1: And it says this, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons.
0: In my name, they will speak in tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hand and they will drink the deadly poison and it won't hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well.
1: That's the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. That's the same Holy Spirit that's inside of you.
0: If our God is inside of us, if our God Emmanuel is with us, if we believe in Jesus, if we have the seal of salvation, if we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are called to imitate Christ, not because of rules and regulations, not because of a great series of spiritual formation not because of the ways of Jesus but because of the power of the Holy
2: Spirit that is inside each and every one of us
1: our light will shine the brightest when we remember and we recognize
0: and we actively participate with what the Holy
2: Spirit is doing with what the Holy Spirit is saying
1: how bright is your light? I'm being repetitive, but I'm I'm like, I'm trying to hit home on this question because
0: it's such a simple thing that I think we miss quite often. I personally miss this. Like I'm dull at times. We're all dull at times. Let's be real. We're not always shining at a hundred million percent, loving people like Jesus told us to love people. I walk past sick people and I don't stop and pray for them. It it happens, okay? But I, I just want to hit home today because I've been so challenged by this thought as I've prepared this sermon, how bright is our light. I I can't, we can't just settle for Christianity. We can't be a people that gather because of Christianity. We have to gather because we are disciples of Christ. And if we are to be disciples of Christ, then we have to imitate Jesus. We have to imitate his ways. We have to imitate his complete surrender to the will of God and his complete reliance on his spirit. We can't settle, we cannot settle to just follow the routine and continue on our merry way. We can't look like the world. We can be inside of the world, but not of the world. We cannot let the things of the world bother us. We can't let the things of the world dim our light. Because the reality is each and every one of us know more people than our fingers and toes can count that don't know Jesus. And eternity is at stake right? People's eternity is at stake. If we've accepted Christ, we have an assurance of our salvation. Yeah, we actually do have a ticket to heaven, but we're not just here on the earth to live out for a ticket to heaven. We're here to make sure that other people can know about Jesus. We're here to be a light in the midst of dark times. Maybe it looks like one of us being a person of peace in the midst of someone's anxious circumstance. Maybe it looks like someone who's dealing with anxiety and struggling because of lockdown and all it is is a call and be like, hey bro, I see you and I'm here for you and and you're gonna get through this, I'm here for you. Maybe that's all that the Great Commission is for you. Maybe it's you walking into the shops and you're talking to the lady at the checkout and she's explaining that she's having a hard time and maybe it's just offering to pray for her. Or maybe you walk past someone on the street who's walking on crutches and you know that God doesn't have that sickness for them. I'm going to take a moment out of my day. I'm going to inconvenience myself. I might look like a fool. They may not get healed, but I'm going to stop and take a moment to minister to that person. There's no recipe to say that the Great Commission has to look like this, but it needs to look like you being a person of light in every circumstance that you're in. It needs to look like us being a people that are completely
2: reliant on the Spirit of God. It's not a game.
1: It's not something that we can just pick up and put down and do it when we feel like it. As disciples, as disciples, we are called to imitate Christ. What are we imitating? We're imitating
0: a fragrant offering and sacrifice to the Lord.
1: What does that look like? Being a person of light in the midst of darkness. Would you stand wherever you are, if you're able to stand? I would love to pray
0: for us all this morning. It's okay. Don't feel like you have to change your cameras to see your faces. It's okay if I see your belly Dan. It's all good, man. Everyone stand up.
1: And if you actually just want to stretch out your hands. I truly believe, guys, and I hope you can hear the passion
0: in my voice this morning and the way that I'm communicating. But I'm convinced that we are called to be a people of light. We're in the midst of an incredibly hard and dark time and a depressing time. And and sure, we experience some of those emotions and those feelings too. But we can't let that rob the light of Christ that is inside of us. It takes a conscious choice to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes a conscious choice to choose to not let our light be dimmed. But I would love for us all to make that choice today.
1: So with our hands stretched out, I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit right now would just come. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us afresh this morning? God, we repent for any choices that we have made
0: that have dimmed the light of Christ inside of us. Spirit, I ask that you would bring conviction to our hearts and to our minds this morning wherever there may be areas of compromise or areas of choices that haven't been yours.
1: Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts and to our minds? Would you enable us to listen
0: and to recognize your leading and your guiding in our life? And God, as a people, we just stand here with hands open, recognizing that, sure, there's a requirement for us to choose. But it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would fill us this morning, fill us with courage, fill us with strength, fill us with your power, that we would be disciples that live out the great commission in every context that we are in, that we would not omit anything from your great commission, that we wouldn't settle for a passive disobedience, Christianity, but we would be radical disciples that live by the leading and the guiding of your spirit. Would you enable us to imitate Christ? God, if we don't have the strength to imitate Christ, would you give us strength right now to imitate Christ? If we don't have enough belief to imitate Christ, would you, would you fill our heart with the faith of a mustard seed right now in this moment? Would you give us the faith, the belief, the strength to choose to imitate Christ in every circumstance that we are in? Would you cause our faces to radiate just like Moses did when you walked past him in the mountain and he came down from Mount Sinai, would you cause our faces to radiate your light, that we may be a people that in every circumstance we bring your peace, that we may be a people that in every circumstance we bring your love, that we may be a people that in every circumstance we bring your hope to those that are around us. God, let us be a people of light. Let us be a people of love. Let us be a people, a group of collective disciples that choose to imitate you. Not by our might, not by our power, but by your Holy Spirit.
2: Would you fill us again? In your name we pray, amen.